0: services for more information visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com thanks for listening we hope you enjoy the message hallelujah to our wonderful god come on as we're landing the perfect 10 on exodus chapter number 33 verse number 5 if you can indulge me but honor god please stand for the reading of god's holy word amen As we're still in our current sermon series, Pursuit, Going After God. Amen. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. It says, For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are stiff-necked people, I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment, and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp afar from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. You could be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. And the title or subject that we're going to be trying to work with on today is simply entitled Real True Worship. Real True Worship. Because how many know uh, all worship is not real worship. All worship is definitely not true worship. But we want to talk about real worship. Real True Worship. Amen. Amen. And so please bear with me. I got some reference scriptures that I'm going to uh, try to pull into this thing to help me- us make sense of these things that, that are going on right now. So we understand, we find ourselves here in the book of Exodus. You know, in the Greek, the word Exodus talks about it means a departure or an exiting, right? And so we understand that this book written by the apostle Moses, right? The forefather Moses And God uses Moses as a deliverer To bring the people out of Egypt Where they were slaves to their slave master The Egyptians right And so we understand this took place Because when Jacob and his family Went down to meet his son Joseph While he was still yet in Egypt uh, They stayed there to Joseph and all Or Jacob I should say Jacob and all his sons died off And so the people remained in Egypt right And so they begin to grow in numbers God favored them and God blessed them As they begin to grow in numbers outnumbering the Egyptians but the Pharaoh that was in place and position while Joseph was still alive had now died off and so this new Pharaoh that has come to the throne, uh, these Egyptian people are unfamiliar with him and he was unfamiliar with Joseph so he knew nothing about Joseph and so uh, him looking, him fearing, saying listen we got to do something about this people lest this people rise up and join in with our enemies and make war against us and they overtake us and so this Pharaoh now has the right idea to put taskmasters over the actual israelite people and so this is how you find themselves or how they found themselves in slavery amen but it's in slavery that their cry came up to the lord and god heard their cry after 400 and some odd years god heard their cry and god said he was going to deliver them and so we see this is moves us into the theme of the actual book god causing this exodus, God delivering them uh, from the nation of Israel, right? And so one thing we know about in this book, God reveals his name unto the people. He talks about Moses is saying, who should I tell them that is sending me? When you send me to your people, and when you send me to the Pharaoh, who should I say is send them in? God says, you say that I am. That I am, that I am, have sent thee, right? Uh, also interpreted in the Hebrew, I will be. So understand, God is saying, he's revealing his name, and, and it's in him revealing his name that he's also revealing his character but he's also revealing the nature of who he is as the real true god or the only true and living god the self-existing god we know that name to be yahweh the self-existing god or you hear us say jehovah or when you see in the bible all lord all caps it is it is letting us know that this is where the holy, sacred name Yahweh is supposed to be represented. Amen. So we see uh, God reveals his name. He reveals his attributes. Not only that, he reveals his redemptive plan as he's going to utilize Moses as a deliverer to pull the people uh, from their taskmasters. Right. So we see he reveals his name. He reveals his character. He reveals his nature, his attributes, his plan of redemption. But he also reveals his law by, by allowing them to come into covenant relationship. And that is Allowing the children of Israel To come into covenant relationship With him at Mount Sinai Where he gives them the two tablets What we know to be the Ten Commandments right? So God reveals his law He reveals his redemptive plan Not only that but how he is supposed to be worshiped. So in this covenant at Sinai, he's not just revealing his law unto the people, but how he is supposed to be worshiped. The law is telling them how they're supposed to govern themselves in relationship with God, but also in relationship to their neighbor, their fellow man, their fellow sister, right? So we understand the nature of the law, the purpose of the law, but God also reveals to them how he, the true and living God, the only true and living God is supposed to be Worship, right? Hence our title. We're talking about real, true worship, right? And so understand this as we break down a little bit of this background to give you a little bit of understanding, right? If we, as I said, please bear with me. I have some reference scriptures, right? I'm, I'm going to flip. Now, you can be seated, but I'm going to still remain a gymnast and I'm going to flip over to uh, Genesis, uh, not Genesis, but Exodus chapter number three, right? And I'm going to land a perfect 10 on verse number 22. And it simply says, what? Well, but every woman shall borrow of her name and I've heard that joineth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and ring and you shall put them upon your sons. I want you to pay attention to that. You shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters and you shall spoil the Egyptians. So in other words, God was allowing the children of Israel to plunder and spoil the Egyptians on their way out as he was delivering them out of the hands of their taskmaster. Why is this important? Because I want you to see something, right? He he told the women, they got the word from Moses. As God gives instruction to Moses, Moses begins to relay the instructions to the people of God, right, and specifically to the women of God. It says, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, right, and of her that's adjoining in her house, jewels uh, of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. Now, when you look at jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, raiment denoting clothes, right? So we're talking about just gold jewelry silver jewelry, and we're talking about clothes, all which, and, and when you begin to uh, uh, truly define this, is denoting an outfit, per se, an outfit, per se, clothing, per se, and so what I want you to understand is gold jewelry, silver jewelry, and clothes, all are housed under the term ornaments, ornaments, right, so that's, that's important, I want you to see, so we see the women asked for this based upon the instruction because God was utilizing this method to plunder or spoil the Egyptians, taking everything from them as they left. Who now, now, when you think about this, this is the favor of God in slavery. But as I'm delivering you, you have nothing. But when you leave, when you come out of this place, you'll have more than what you entered into and so this is the hence the plundering or the spoiling of the egyptians right now keeping in line with this scripture we flip right over to uh exodus chapter number 12 verse number 35 right which says and the children of israel did according to the word of moses and they borrowed of the egyptians jewels of silver and gold uh jewels of gold and raiment right So we're seeing how this has taken place, the women and the children, all the people of Israel now move into this instruction, right? So I want you to see this, the clothes or the ornaments, the gold and the silver jewelry, all housed under the ornaments, right? Now, if we look at uh, Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy chapter number 29, verse number five, right? It says this, and I have, and this is the Lord speaking to Moses concerning uh, him and and the people of Israel. He says, and I have led you for 40 years. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot, right? So now it's safe to say, with the exception of the children that might have been born while they're journeying in the wilderness for 40 years, but those men, those grown men, those grown women, those teenage boys, teenage girls who were given the clothes or the ornaments or the jewels of gold, jewels of silver, right? How's under the word ornaments, right? We see throughout these 40 years while God is needing them, again, with the exception of newborn children that are now being added to the nation of Israel, they all have the same clothes. Right, and it didn't matter how heavy they got, it didn't matter how some of them expanded, it didn't matter how tall some of them got. God made it so that it says their clothes didn't grow old. Meaning, no matter how big they or how why they stretched or how tall they got, listen, their clothes would make the adjustments all in themselves. God saw fit that their clothes would make the proper adjustment that their clothes would not even wear out, nor would their shoes actually wear out. So the point that I'm making, that it, it is safe to say that with the exception of newborn children, the grown men, the grown women, the teenage boys and teenage girls, right, young adults, right, they all have on the same clothes that they have on when they exited Egypt, Right? and 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 the point is this right here uh, the bible lets us know that the women borrowed these clothes and then when we move into uh exodus uh 12 and 35 it talks about all the children of israel right exodus 12 and 35 talks about and the children of israel did according to the word of most and they borrowed going back to this plundering or spoiling so the clothes that they took would basically give them the look of an Egyptian. This is the point that I'm trying to get to, right? Because uh, there's something about the clothes, and I, I I don't know why God got me going this way, but just bear with me, because it really don't make sense to me. But understand, it's something about the clothes, right? Uh, they, they've taken these Egyptian clothes, right? And some of you may not believe this, but you'll hear us talk about, you gotta be careful how you dress, because based upon the clothes that you put on will determine how you act. Oh, do you know somebody can you relate? Uh, If you put on a suit known as the power suit You feel confident, right? I'm talking about there were times when I truly dressed up I hate suits, y'all If you give me some jeans and boots next to a three-piece suit Trust me, I'm going to put on the jeans and the boots first I'm going to always go for the jeans Matter of fact, I told my wife that When I die, bury me in jeans and boots Yes, that's what I said Bury me in jeans and boots So understand, this is what I'm saying If you give me the choice of jeans and boots Versus a three-piece suit I'm going to always reach for the jeans and books. It's just who I am at the core of my being. It's just who I am. But I got to tell you the truth. I got to be honest. Apostle had us for a period of time where we have to. We had to dress up while we were establishing the business. You know what I'm saying? character builders and all these different things. There was a period of time we had to wear suits every day. He said, because we're going in and out before people you know, who who are powerful people who can make decisions for us based upon what it is that we're trying to establish. So listen, we need to dress appropriately as we go before these people because your clothes are going to say something about you. And the truth be told, when I put on the suit, although I like jeans and boots, when I put on the suit, I felt powerful. I I felt the sense of confidence when I put on the suit. And I can recall Pastor Mac telling me way back in the day when I first put on a suit, when I became a part of the leadership team and we had to dress customarily for our first Sunday, right? All in black. And I put on my black suit and I can recall Pastor Mac saying, he said, boy, you clean up real good. But I said, oh, you think so? You think so? I said, I'm going to wear this suit and I'm going to be powerful in this suit. You understand what I'm saying? It was at that time but I was recognizing and paying attention to who God was developing me Into it. So, one thing the apostle has taught us listen, it's all right for you to put on your jeans and boots. Uh, There was a time and a place for your jeans and boots. Listen, when we got to go into the ghetto, listen, I know how to blend in with the ghetto of my brothers, of the mothers when I put on my jeans and boots. But when I got to stand before board officials and electors, listen, I know how to put on the three piece suit and talk to anybody, address anybody. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to just box me in because of the color of my skin. Listen, I can put on this suit and rock with the best that you understand. Because there was a God that has anointed me. He will give me what I'm supposed to say at the appointed time, right? So to come back full circle to my point, what I want you to see, there was something about what it is that you wear. Notice uh, if I could talk about myself. There were times when I put on my jeans and boots, y'all. There ain't no thuggish bone in my body. Uh, let's not get it twisted. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying. There's nothing about me that speaks thug, right? Uh, but I try my best. I try my best to have this somewhat thug approach, right? Because I like to let my timbo scrub the floor when I walk a little bit. That 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 small ever so light drag of the boot across the floor. Yes, I like it. I like it. Now, there is no sagging of the pants here. You ain't got to worry about that because I understand what it says. So, you got to be careful what you put on, and you got to be careful how you put on what it is that you put on because spirits are attracted to the things that you put on and how you wear certain things. Uh, Do you know somebody? Can you relate? Uh, If you ever saw a woman, and woman I'm talking to y'all too. Listen, 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 listen. I know you are of a a little bit now, and and you might have been working out trying to establish or reaccomplish a body that you once had, right? And and, and you found out that you can get into some old genes that that you really, really love that you were just unwilling to depart with. But now, all of a sudden, because of the work that you put in, meaning the exercise that you put in, you can get back in that size eight. You can get back in that size six, and, and you're checking yourself out, right? But you got to understand just as good as you feel about being able to get into that size six that Size eight again. Notice uh, the spirit of lust has now been attracted to a man or a woman, for that matter. Based upon what you have just put on, right? Even though it makes you feel good about the accomplishment that you just had with all the exercise that you've been putting in, let's be real now. It ain't now. Like, now, when I say let's be real, you ain't just put it on for the fact that hey, I reached my goal. But you like how it makes you look. You like how the jeans contour to your body. You like how it lifts you up in the back. You like how it makes you're a little bit rounder than you used to be. Oh, you like how it feels that these jeans are a part of your actual skin. Understand what we're talking about. So notice the same thing that you pay attention to. There was a man that pays attention to this. There was a woman that pays attention to it. So there was a spirit now involved because the spirit has now attracted certain lust of the eyes your way, right? Because you are seeking attention. Whether someone to say, congratulating you on accomplishing your goal. A girl, you look good in those jeans, Or for a dude that Hey, 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 yo, why you, hey, wait, huh? you, you understand what I'm saying? You put it on for a reason. And, and the reason is more than just that I accomplished my weight goal, my weight challenge. You no, know? you want somebody to applaud you for what you did. But you also want somebody to compliment you, to tell you how good they look upon you. There is another force that is in operation now. So the point that we're making, they have on the clothes of the Egyptians, the known uh, global power at this particular time, right? And so you got to understand these people are arrogant. These people walk with their nose all up and they look down upon the children of Israel. We're better than them. We are their taskmasters and they are our slaves. We're better than them, right? So there's a spirit that is attached to the clothing or a spirit that, that is attracted to the clothing, right? And, and here you got God's chosen people at the direction of God now, but yet they have on the clothes of the Egyptian. Could it be God was trying to show them? Listen, I'm going to allow you to put on this clothes because I want you to recognize who you are. Uh, Although you've been a slave for all these years, I want you to know that you are a nation of kings and queens. You are a nation of priests, a nation that I'm going to use to bless of the other nation through by you. Could it be? Maybe they didn't interpret nor saw what God saw when he instructed for them to actually put upon the clothes, right? Now, this is the thing. To show you how real this is, right? If we go over to the book of Romans, chapter number what, 13, verse number 14, the Bible says, "What well, put, but put ye the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof, right? He says, but put ye on, put ye on, and the Greek is simply talking about to sink into the clothing, right? Where, where where you don't see me, but all you see is Christ. I have, I have, I'm sinking so deep or sunk so deep into Christ that I am unrecognizable. All you should see is Christ. All you should be able to detect is Christ because I put on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And because I place on or Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the scripture says, and make not provision for the flesh, right? So what I'm putting on helps me fight the flesh, helps me come against the flesh. Help me not to make provision for the flesh. Because listen, when you think about and you pay attention to what clothing you have on, your clothing is a reminder who you are. Your clothing is a reminder who you represent. And so the fact that I have put on the Lord Jesus Christ, it reminds me that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I am a son of God. I represent the kingdom of God. Uh, and when I go out here because I have on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I can't act in kind of way, right? Because I remember what and who I placed on this morning or who I put on this morning. So I don't go in my own name. I don't go in my own reputation, but I go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I go in the reputation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? This is what my clothes are highlighting. This is what my clothes are speaking to. I come as an ambassador of heaven. I come representing the nature and the and the character of our holy God. This is what my clothes are speaking So you must be careful when you put on what you put on. Who is it representing? Is it representing God, the enemy, or yourself? Or is it representing you and the enemy? So we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We sink into him so that we are no longer seen, but the Lord Jesus is seen. And because he is seen, it is his reputation. It is his nature. It is his character that is on display based upon what I put on. That allows me not to make provision for the flesh or to fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. So as, as we go now to Exodus chapter number 33, verse number five, right? It says, for the Lord had said unto Moses, for the Lord had said unto Moses, say unto the children of Israel, you are a stiff necked people. Do you know somebody and can you relate to being stiff? diff uh, Just talking about, listen, you're difficult to deal with. You're a hard individual to deal with. Uh, it's not just your ways, uh, but it's your heart at times that we have to deal with that's difficult. It's your decision process, how you process things and how you make decisions. It is difficult because in reality, when it comes to you having to make decisions, it's, it's, you clearly let us know that it's your way. Uh, I'm not interested in doing it God's way. I'm not interested in doing it what you say I want to do it my way. You got to understand. That's letting us know that just You're a difficult individual or difficult people to deal with. And a lot of times you feel like, listen, I'm justified in my decision when I have somebody else making the same decision, when they feel the same way that I feel about this particular thing that we must make a decision about. So if it's more individuals than myself, then I feel justified in my decision because I'm not alone. Right. And most of us are accustomed to going with the majority. But, you know, somebody, can you relate? The majority is not always right the majority is not always right some of us are too afraid to stand alone too afraid to be the minority listen listen the majority is not always right we're talking about real true worship and we told you obedience it is the highest form of worship and in our obedience there were things that God would instruct us to do decisions that we would make that we feel just does not make any sense at all. Like, like that doesn't make any sense, God. That doesn't make any sense at all. Why would you tell me to do something that, that, that my mind cannot comprehend, my mind cannot understand? And if my mind cannot comprehend or understand this, I know the mind of other people are not going to comprehend or understand this, God. But yet I have to tell them that the Lord sent for me to do this. Have you found yourself where you abiding in this place of being stagnant, difficult to deal with? He said, I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore, now put off thy ornaments from thee that I might know what to do unto thee. And see, now God has a problem with the ornaments. And we told you the gold jewelry. The gold earrings, right? All of these different things, right? And the raiments, meaning the clothing, all fall under the term ornaments, right? And, and and what I wanted to show you was, I, 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 I uh, oh God, when when they plundered the stuff, we see that they took these clothing, these these articles of clothing, right, from the Egyptians. So we see it came from the Egyptians. And as we see, uh, when they begin to move through the wilderness in the book of uh, of Deuteronomy, it tells us how God, for 40 years, he's showing us proof. These are the same clothing, right? And so with the exception of the newborn children, everybody has on the same clothing, right? So when when we are uh, five, about five, this is for the Lord has said unto Moses, right, say unto the children of Israel, you are a stiff necked people. I will come up to the midst of thee in a moment, because soon thee therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. Notice. We're going to pause right here for a cause. Right. And we're going to flip over to Exodus chapter number 32. I want to show you something. Right. Exodus 32, one through six, it says, and when the people. Right. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up. Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we walk not. What has become of him? We don't know what happened to him. He went up in this mountain and he just decided to leave us right here. So, you know what, Aaron, you know what? Get up and make us a God. Make us a God. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, denoting the gold jewelry, right? Which are in thy ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and, and brought them unto Aaron, right? And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a grave unto after he had made it a molten cap. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Israel, right? And it says, And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Now this is the thing. We see they gave most of the ornaments, right? Because we understand that they had ornaments of 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 or jewelry of of gold jewelry, silver jewelry, as well as the raiment, right? So they gave partial, they gave most of the ornaments that we see that is taking place, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Verse, verse six, it says, and they rose up early on the mob and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play, so, to, to rose up to play, uh, 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 to mock, to, 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 to take sport, to have sport, right? Uh, uh, before this God, to sing and to dance, uh, uh, to offer worship unto this false God, right? And so we see that they gave most of their ornaments right so now when we go back into exodus chapter number 33 right we see what the lord tells them to take off their ornaments so if they would have given all their ornaments the lord would not have been able to say take off thy ornaments from thee," right so in other words we're talking about the ornaments the, the the gold the silver jewelry all these particular jewels, and the raiment or the clothing falls under the heading or the title of ornaments take it off And the reason God is saying take it off. Because you fail to understand the reason why I gave it to you in the first place. You know how the old folks said I went into the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. When the people of God went into Egypt, they went into Egypt not knowing that Egypt would be a consistent enemy of theirs. God with all his infinite wisdom knew this. So when it came time at the appointed time for God to deliver them, God said, I will not bring you out empty handed, but I will make it so that you plunder and spoil them. And in you, uh, uh, me allowing you to plunder and spoil them, I am seeing fit to provide for you. The things that you would need for your journey ahead, I am providing for you. Not just the clothing, but the articles of jewelry as well, right? You will have exactly what you need as you travel to the promised land. But how many times we misinterpret the reason why God blesses us with something. We misinterpret that. We we messed it up because we believe God gave it to us for this reason and God gave it to us for this particular reason. So what am I saying? They, 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 they don't understand the real initial reason God is giving it to them. I am providing for you. I am allowing you to take from them that you would have what you need for, for your necessary journey ahead, right? Instead of them utilizing what God gave them for the journey ahead, whether that be we got to sell stuff, we got to trade stuff, as we move through and, and, and pass neighboring nations, right, that we can bargain with to let us pass for free, listen, I'll give you this if you give us safe passage, right? These are all different means that these things could have been used for, right? But the children of Israel take it upon themselves, right? Because when you are a slave and you see the actions upon your slave master towards you, how them walking around with all their jewelry on, it speaks to who they are. They have this empire that is the empire, uh, it's the global power at this known time, right? So it speaks to their prestige. It speaks to who they are, right? It, it, It gives them notoriety. It gives them fame, right? It lets people believe that they are more than what they really are, right? So I want to dress like my taskmaster. And if I dress like my taskmaster, I can now act like my taskmaster. And we know the Egyptians worshiped over a thousand some odd gods, right? All these false idol gods, right? And, And the worship of this bull or this cow was one of the main gods that they worship. And here we see The children of Israel, because we can't pinpoint Moses' location. We know he went up in the mountain, but we don't know how long he's going to stay up on the mountain. So uh, we we all made a decision, well, maybe Moses has forgotten about us. And now, listen, but we got these clothes on and we got this jewelry on. Listen, let's not forget where we just came from. So let's, Aaron, fashion us, make us a God. This calf God something in the clothes there was a spirit in the clothes that is that is influencing them to now go and, and, and worship this idol God. Something in the clothes has now attracted something that is now influencing the thought process of these people that God has just delivered to now move back into idol worship to act like, the Israelites, right? Uh, We see it in Exodus chapter number 32, verse, uh, verse number six, it says, and they rose up early. Rather than rising up early to seek the Lord while he may be found and called upon his name while he's near, they rose up early on the and they offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and drink, right? So rather than coming before the one true God, the true and living God to worship him and the beauty of holiness, we have made a decision as a people, we're going to bring something that is customary to this God, we're going to bring our burnt offerings and we're going to bring our peace offers. And instead of offering them to the true and living God, we were offered to an idol God. This, this, this God that is not real. This God that can't speak back to us. This God that can't see us. This God that can't hear us. We will offer these burnt offerings and these peace offers unto this idol God. And not just that. After we give you our offerings, we are now going to give you our praise. And we are now going to give you our worship. And the Bible says and the people sat down to eat And to drink and they rose up to play, play. And the Hebrews talking about how to come and mock or to be like sport, how they're now dancing and singing before this idol God. But you had plenty of opportunity to come and dance and sing and praise and worship the one true God. And in remembrance of what he has just done for you, he brought you out from under the heavy hand of your taskmasters. We're talking about real, true worship. And you don't understand the things that you put on. Listen, it, it can influence how you feel. It can influence how you act throughout the course of your day. Throwing your thought process off on how you are supposed to approach God. Listen, so now we we, we go back and, and he tells them, he says, therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee that I may know what to do unto thee. He tells them in verse 5, put off these ornaments so I'll know what to do to you. Take off the clothes of the Egyptian because you look like the Egyptians. <laughs> you are talking like the Egyptians. You are acting like the Egyptians. You are worshiping like the Egyptians. You are dancing like the Egyptians. You are twirling and spinning like the Egyptians. You sound just like the Egyptians. Oh, you got to understand. And it's coming by way of what you got on. Listen, it is influenced your worship. You are now worshiping an idol God because you are trying to act like the Egyptians. You want to be like your taskmaster. He said, take off the ornaments of the Egyptians. Take off the pride of the Egyptians. Take off the arrogance of the Egyptian. Take off the rebellion of the Egyptians. Take off the perversion of the Egyptians. Take off the wickedness of the Egyptian. Take off the witchcraft of the Egyptians. And they said, take it off, is what he's saying to you. And you got to understand, you got to go and check out what you put on. Because most of you are not putting on the armor of God. You Something else because you're weak in your self esteem, you're weak in your self worth, and you feel you need the attention to fill you up. And so, you went and placed on other things where you're seeking attention for somebody just to feel good to make it through the course of your day. Oh, but I come to remind you in the pursuit of attention, in the pursuit of someone's compliment, listen, you have put on the clothes of the Egyptian, you have put on Egyptian garments, you have placed on the garments of your taskmaster, and and, and because you you are placed on the garments of your task method. You are acting like an Egyptian. Look at how you treat other people. Look at the treatment of the people of Israel from the Egyptians. They were not friends. Uh, we're not here to befriend you. I'm here to spank you. I'm here to whip you if you get out of line, if you don't do what you're supposed to do. and Your job is simply to go listen, go make these bricks of clay. That's what you do. And help build these cities of Ramesses and all. Uh, that's what your job is. It is to work. And if you do anything other than work, listen, my job as the taskmaster is to be you back in line. How many times have, because you dress like the Egyptians, you're thinking like an Egyptian, you're acting like an Egyptian, you're speaking like an Egyptian, you're moving like an Egyptian, you're handling people like Egyptians. Oh, in your mind, you're better than them, right? So you can't come down to their level because I'm not put here to serve you, but I'm put here to keep you in place. I'm put here to keep you in order. Well, that's not the nature of God. That's not real true worship. When we talk about real true worship, our obedience to God. Uh, part of that is serving. Listen, Christ said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. That was a part of his worship unto God. So a part of the real true worship, it is for us to serve. Come down off of your high horse. Stop thinking that you're so better than everybody else uh, because you got some blessings now. You got some ornaments of gold and some ornaments of silver now and you got a better house and a better car, a new address, a little bit more money in your bank account, a better boo. I uh, understand It doesn't make you better than us. You acting like an Egyptian. You're influenced by the things that you've been putting on and you don't even realize how you've been changing based upon some of the garments that you put on. Now, think about it. There are certain garments that you put on. Listen, there are certain thoughts that you begin to entertain based upon what you have on. Oh, y'all not going to tell the truth, but I'm going to tell the truth for you. There are certain things that you will put on that will cause you to entertain certain thoughts. Oh, yeah, it's a certain thoughts. You, you're not going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Right. So God tells them, put off these ornaments so I would know what to do to you. And I still see the grace of God because God, he could, he could not have given them the opportunity to even take off the garments. I'm trying to deal with the real you. And see, I'm trying to get past what you're looking like in an Egyptian. I'm trying to get past you sound like an Egyptian. I'm trying to get past you dancing like an Egyptian. you out here worshiping and and singing like an Egyptian. I'm trying to get past that. So take off the garments. Take off the ornaments. Take the earrings out your ear. You don't even understand the earrings are stopping you from hearing. Mm, uh, You can't even hear the way you used to. Let me tell y'all something. Uh, Everything you do is spiritual. You may not understand uh, uh, what's actually spiritual about it but hear me when I say everything you do is spiritual now I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something I was a person that rocked two earrings in my ears before I got saved right and when I got saved something let me just say just take the earrings out right uh, it ain't no thing right because I understand listen what I understood about salvation if God is saving me I am not supposed to be the same person I was before I got saved right those things that I thought enhanced me those things that I thought that, that, that would help me be better at, at, at and doing the things that I was doing when I was in the world, a, a better so-called whore, a better so-called player, a better so-called whatever the case may be, all these things I used to enhance, uh, these were ornaments that I would bring attention or draw or, or, or attract people to me for certain reasons, right? So I understood when I got seen, how I was behaving, how I was acting, how I was speaking, when I was in the world, that stuff should change. I took the earrings out my ears. But over time, I saw other men putting earrings in their ears as as believers. And I was like, well, yeah. You know, I kind of miss my earrings, right? Like, like I, surely that's not going to mess with my heart. Uh, that's not going to mess with my heart, but God can only get to your heart if God has an ear to speak to. God can only get to your heart if God has an ear to speak to, right? Uh, if, if God cannot get to your ear, then he's not going to be able to get to your heart, right? So I understood and God began to tell me, I'm gonna just go ahead and keep it all the way real. I saw a brother of mine, right? Uh, put some earrings back in his ear. And it's when he put those earrings back in his ear. Huh? We are talking about the ornaments, uh, the garments, uh, the jewelry of Egypt, you put them back in his ear. That's when his, his 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 hearing became affected, right? He no longer heard properly. It was then, that's when you start hearing the talk. Uh, My time at C- COP is up. Uh, but we just found out last week, right? God, it's, it's for the sake of ministry that God calls you or God. Put you in this ministry He didn't put you here by coincidence He put you here for his divine purpose Right, and if he has not Changed his divine purpose, then who are you That gets to say, my time is up here At COP, because you don't like the fact That we having to correct you about certain Things, right, so now you Tito, you pedo, and, and All these other O's you are, right Because you are offended, because Someone got to correct you about your wrongdoing Right, and now where you once Could hear properly, uh, your hearing has been affected because you stuck some of the ornament that you deem to be beauty brings attention to you it it helps enhance your appearance right and and, and don't misinterpret i'm not telling you woman to take your earrings out man if you want to keep your earring that's you but what i am telling you uh, i guarantee you go check your hearing i guarantee you don't hear like you're supposed to hear i'm telling you when i put when i thought about putting those earrings back to my ear he said look what is taking place and when I paid attention, when I looked with detail, I saw how they could no longer hear the voice of authority that was in their life. So they can no longer hear the instruction. I know if you can't hear the natural authority because God is sending the natural authority because you cannot hear him. So that's letting me know if you can't hear the natural authority, it's been a minute since you heard the spiritual authority, that being God. Why? Because your hearing has been affected by this ornament of jewelry or, or, or gold or silver that you place in your ear thinking you enhancing your appearance. No, what you're really doing is affecting your hearing. Uh, You don't hear right now. All of a sudden you move by every little thing that we say to you. And now your time is up and you find yourself not uh, pulling away from God. You find yourself pulling away from the people of God. That is not the nature and the character of God. Well, you now find yourself operating like an island. He didn't call you to be no island. He called you to the gathering. And some of you are deceiving yourselves like the gathering is not something that you need. And and let's be real, Uh, God is so fit for us to still gather by way of virtual, right? By way of virtual. And, And let's not get it twisted because some of you think other folk are gathering in the church. Just because they're gathering does not mean his presence is there! Because you'll deceive yourself thinking, well, they gathering and this presence is there. It's nothing like being amongst the people. Stop with your lying self. You ain't, you ain't a bit trying to be around nobody. Because, listen, to it, every opportunity you got to serve, that that is God giving you an opportunity to be around somebody. You ain't really trying to be around nobody like that. It's us that you're trying to get away from. It's us that can actually see you, see your motives, see your intentions, and speak out against them, and you don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like the fact that we're calling and we're saying things that we're questioning you about the call of God and the anointing of God and the purpose of God that is upon your life. You can't stand the fact that somebody is questioning you about the purpose of God that God placed in your life, because the truth of the matter is you are not walking according to the purpose that God has called you to. Mm, go ahead right there. I'm going to give you a moment to pause for the cause right To Absorb that. Eat it all the way up and don't be offended by the truth. We're talking about real true worship. Just come subject. Just obey so that you can worship God for real. Mm. And you wonder why some of the things that you're dealing with, because your mind all over the place. Why? Because you have been influenced by the things that you have put on, the ornaments that you have put on. It has got you acting like an Egyptian. Well, I can go worship this sun god, I can go worship the moon god, I can go worship this cow god, I can go worship this god of fertility. Yeah, go ahead, and that's why you got all the issues you got right now. Because you've been influenced by another God. Thinking the one true God is talking to, y'all know, because if he was talking to you, then we would see a change in your demeanor. We would see a change in your expression. We would see a change in your behavior. Mm. This is how you know God is not talking to some of these folks. I, I, all I hear folk talk about in some of these well-known churches, these, these these, and listen, I am for the church. Make no mistake about it. I am for the church. What I'm not for is this foolishness. What I'm not for is these liars in the pulpits where they're telling folks that hey, grace, grace, grace. There is grace. There is a gospel of grace, right? But even we talked about last week, Paul, the apostle of grace, the one that God gave the message of grace to. Where was the grace, Paul? When Hymenaeus done blasphemy, where was the grace, Paul? Now we understand there is grace, but then there is a time that things must be done. Ain't no grace, but it's right here. Oh no, there is no grace for this right here. Your blasphemy that you're using to come against the message of God, the gospel of God. Listen, I am going to turn you over to Satan that you will learn not to blaspheme. Where was the grace at? See, the are liars in the pulpit make you think that you can do whatever you want to do and there is grace and God is, no, 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 don't misinterpeak because God will forgive you. Other than if you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, God will forgive you. And then again, if you really dive into it, it's God. The Bible lets us know he's a just God, not a fair God. He deems it just if he's going to actually forgive you for something. Because when we look at Moses and we talk about the people of Korah, Korah and his descendants, right? How they rose up against Moses while Moses was trying to follow the instruction of God and lead them out of the wilderness. Okay, where was that grace then? God as a just God said, you know what? you no more grace, your grace has run out. we' about to let this earth open up its mouth and swallow you whole and there won't be no more remembrance of you in this earth realm. Where is the grace? God is the only one who will decide whether or not you can receive forgiveness for that thing. You don't know if God is going to be like enough is enough now you don't get another opportunity to mess up. That, that's it for you. You don't know that. But you listen to these lies in some of these pulpits and you take tape because they church a field with a bunch of folk, a bunch of fakerers. Yeah, they church with a bunch of fakerers. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I ain't got nothing against the church, but I got something against fakerers. Thinking like you want God for real. Thinking like you li- live in this thing for real. Thinking like you worshiping the one true God for real. No, most of them are just hiding, hiding amongst the large gathering. Hide. And that's what some of y'all want to do. You want to go hide. And you figure, well, I can't hide. Even if we had a large gathering, you still couldn't hide. Why? Because you are seated amongst people who can actually see. You are seated amongst people who can actually hear God and who are unapologetically, unapologetically not afraid to say what God shows us, but what God speaks to us. And about your emotions. Says so as an Egyptian, you caught up in your emotions. Because you're the taskmaster. You feel, listen, I'm supposed to feel a certain way. I'm supposed to be happy. My servant is supposed to make me happy. This is not about your emotions. This is about real, true worship. And the Bible says, word well, Lord, I didn't mean to spend on this term. He says, and the children of Israel stripped themselves stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb, right? And Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai is the same mountain, right? Even when we look at Mount Horeb, right? In the Hebrew, it is interpreted the desert, this empty place, this wild place, this hot desert-like place, right? And most of us feel like we're in Horeb, we're in the desert. uh. There's nothing here, God. How can I survive when there's nothing here, God? But it is also the place where God established covenant with you. It is the place where God gave you his law. It is the place where God introduced himself as a true and living God. Uh, the God that exists, the real God. That brought you into covenant relationship. Remember, we talked about he revealed his name. He revealed his nature. He revealed his characteristics. He revealed his divine purpose for you. By, and then he gives you his law. Right? So it's here. Stop misinterpreting this mountain, which is known as the Mount of God. Stop misinterpreting this place. This place should be a reminder. Matter of fact, this is not the first time that Moses has experienced this place. Matter of fact, when God was actually calling Moses, it is here at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai that, that he saw the burning bush. So Moses understands that, listen, this is where I was first introduced to this real God, this true God, this True living God is at the same mountain. So, this place is not just where God gives us His word, it's not just where God makes covenant with us. It has to be the place where you strip yourself. And see, most of you are afraid to be naked and raw and honest. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> And see, most of you, you can't really be delivered because you still want to walk around uh, with deception, hold a secret in your heart about how you really feel about some people. And I'm here to let you know that those are characteristics of Egyptians not being honest with people. Strip yourself, take off that pride, take off that arrogance, take off, take off the accolades, take it all over. That makes you feel like you're somebody. No, we want to deal with the real you. I'm talking about the real you. Take away the likes off of Facebook. Take away the likes off of Instagram. We want to deal with the real you, the one that's struggling with your self-esteem, the real you. Must believe that, that that everything is good and proper in God when you're around here crying, not crying because you're in his presence, you cry because you're depressed, you cry because you're fearful, you cry because you're doubting God. Take off the mask that you placed on. Right. And we've even saw in Egyptian culture, they would even put on gold masks. Right. Take off the mask that you put on trying to make us believe that you are a OK, that everything is all right. No, those are characteristics of the Egyptian. He's telling you to strip yourselves of the ornaments. Strip off the Egyptian influence. Strip away the characteristics of the Egyptian. Strip away the ways of the Egyptian. I'm trying to deal with the real you. It says that Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. Far off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation, right? There was a place that we all can gather. And and this is what you got to understand. It's not about the literal brick and mortar building. But we should be knitted in the heart, knitted in mind, of one mindset, of one faith, understanding our divine purpose. We come to worship the true and living God. We would not bow down to another God. No matter what comes our way, we have been created to give him praise. We have been created to worship the one true living God, regardless of what the enemy brings or how he tries to attack. My, my worship would not the away. I would not stop worshiping God. And when I worship him, it would not be influenced. It would not have any residue of idol worship, of false worship. But it would be real, true worship. So it says, "He, he called in the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was outside the camp. Listen, you must understand the tabernacle denotes how God came to tabernacle with us, meaning God came to dwell with us us. The purpose of the tabernacle was for God to come and dwell in the midst of the people. And notice the tabernacle is not in the midst of the people where the people are now surrounding the tabernacle as it's supposed to be for God dwelling in the midst of us. But Moses has now had to pitch the tabernacle on the outside of the camp. Because God is saying, I can't come into a polluted camp. I can't come into a camp that has been influenced by idol worship. I can't come into a camp that's full of complaints. I cannot come into a camp that's full of fear i cannot come into a camp that has been influenced by doubt and unbelief i cannot come into a camp that is influenced by rebellion and witchcraft but i'm coming into a camp into a midst of a people that desires me that desires to worship me in spirit and in truth and for most of us right now we're not in that place where we're in pursuit of god We're in pursuit of the almighty dollar. I want more Benjamins. I'm trying to stack some stuff. I'm trying to to have a better life with my kid. And there's nothing wrong with you trying to have a better life or even trying to stack money. Unless you're putting it before God. Look at your time. I want you to look at your time. We even got to look at the course of a week. Let's just look in one day of your life. One day in your life, we know hands down, you are the gay one day of your life. You are the gay sleep, what, eight to 10 hours of your day? And on top of that, you have given what, your job, eight to 10 hours of your day for some of y'all, 12 hour days and 16 hour days. And and when you add and throw all your breaks in from work, right, that's about equivalent to an hour for some of y'all. Well, you that's just on your job. Now, when you come home, you got to have your me time, right? And your me time is not including the Lord. Your me time is I got to unwind from dealing with all these people at work on the job, man. I just I just need some peace, man. I just I just got to unwind, man, let go all the frustrations of the job, man, so I can know how to act right in my home. But that did not include anything with God. You didn't sit down and get in your word. You didn't take time to go pray. You didn't take time to go seek God. You didn't take time to praise Him. You didn't take time to worship. No, you just sat in your chair, your favorite chair that nobody's allowed to sit in. With your favorite cup uh, and drink your favorite drink and and, and you had a clicker in your hand watching your favorite TV shows on Netflix and on ESPN, right? But but what I'm trying to get you to understand is how much of that day did you dedicate to God, was devoted to God, was put aside for God? We're not talking about the five o'clock prayer. Because you got on a phone call with apostle, and somebody else got called upon to pray, and somebody else got called upon to give the word, and somebody else got called upon to bring the prophetic word, and then apostle brings the final prophetic word. What did you give God? You feel like because you was on the call? You sat underneath that word? Where was your participation? Did the word stir you that after you hung up the phone, you got in his presence? No. Some of y'all, you went right back to sleep. Because in your mind, I got to get up and go to work and again, another hour. I got to go. So I'm going to try to get all I can get. Remember, Pastor Ivan said, break the snooze button. What did you give God in the course of one day? We're not even talking about a week. So when we look at your time, we see God doesn't have your time like that. He doesn't have your time like that. Just looking at the course of one day. He doesn't have your time like that. That is a problem. That is a problem. He he deserves your time. You were created to give him glory. You were created to give him honor. You were created to praise him. You were created to worship him. I'm talking about real true worship. And he says, well, and it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose and stood Now, what I can appreciate is they understood when Moses goes, uh, there is usually a manifestation from God. God appears. God shows up. God reveals himself. So, listen, we're going to stand at attention. They rose up and they stood every man in his tent door and looked after Moses until he was going into the tabernacle. I'm going to watch the man of God until he goes into the tabernacle or to the presence of God. I'm going to watch him. Why? It's in this watching that I learned what to do. I learned how to approach God. I learned how to come before God. I learned how to seek God. And see, that was things I watched watch my leader do. I would begin to ask questions. Why did you do this? Why did you say that? Why? Because guess what? It allowed me understanding. It brought me understanding. It brought me wisdom about this holy God. That when I go to approach this holy God, listen, I got to approach it in a correct manner. And listen, when I get into his presence, This is what you do in his presence. He is the king of kings. When you're in the presence of a king, I don't care if you think you're some dignitary. Listen, you still bow before this king. Bow. When you're in his presence, you bow. I'm getting low as I possibly can before this king. It was necessary that they watch Moses because they were learning from afar on how to approach this holy God. Because remember, he gave them the law. And the law is representation of how their relationship, how they're supposed to govern their relationship with God. Remember, when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four is according to our relationship with God. And the last six is our relationship pertaining to us and of humankind. So it, with this, him giving us this law, his word. He's given it for us, us to understand on how to have relationship, how to be in covenant with him. How to Worship him How to abide in covenant With him So it says until he was gone And then it says what and it came to pass As Moses entered into the tabernacle The cloudy pillar descended And stood at the door Of the tabernacle and the Lord talked With Moses Moses so when Moses entered into the depth, the cloudy pillar, what we know to be the Shekinah or the Shekinah, right? the manifested presence of God, the literal presence of God that you can see, this cloudy pillar. And when you talk about cloudy, per se, when you go into the Hebrew, it's talking about the smoke per se, the smoke, the smoke or the smoky pillar. That has now come and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord's tugged with Moses. And so if the presence of God is at the door of the tabernacle. All these people see, right? And this, well, matter of fact, let's move into the next verse. Is, and all the people saw the cloudy pillar. Or well, all the people saw the Shekinah or the Shekinah. At the tabernacle door And all the people rose up And worship every man in his tent door Right there where they are Right where I am Because I see him He has revealed himself It says they worship Every man in his tent door Right where I am I'm about to worship Mind you, you have to remember the dialogue between God and Moses. Tell them to take off their ornaments. They are a stiff-necked people, lest I come up and consume them. But tell them to take off their ornaments so I would know what to do with them. And the people stripped themselves people strip themselves right. I can appreciate you stripping yourself. But can we really be real because see, people don't like they'll just they'll stop you right here and make sure they gave you a good message and make sure they gave you all kind of hope and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you read the text through. Although they stripped themselves and although they worship right where they were. See, you can take off the outer garments. But I really need to know have you rent your heart? Have you tore the garments off of your heart? Because uh, see, it's it's easy to remove what people can see The thing on the outside but, but a lot of times you have not taken away That thing that's covering your heart That thing that your heart is wearing For most of us, your heart still wears bitterness It still wears unforgiveness It still wears resentment It still wears rebellion It still wears anger It still wears rage And this is the thing that God really wants you to strip off But you made up your mind, I'm going to take off what everybody can see. But I won't rend the garments of my heart. And see, that is the downfall of the people. Because if you read the chapter out, Moses draws a, a line in the center and said, Who is on the side of the true and living God? And the Bible denotes that the children of Levi, the worshipers, the, those who will have uh, 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 jobs and things that they will carry out inside the tabernacle, tasks that they will carry out inside of the tabernacle, those who are responsible for 24-7 praise and worship, those who are responsible for the, the, the sacrifices and, 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 the, and the temple instruments and the temple furniture, These are the ones that said we are on the side of the Lord. So what am I saying? Although the people stripped themselves of the the Egyptian garments. And they worshiped when they saw the presence of God revealed. But they failed to strip themselves of the inward garments. which hindered them so they still had residue that they were wrestling with because of what they put on. Something was still lingering that that prevented them, prohibited them from stepping over, standing side by side with Moses and the Levites. And because you decided not to come across that line, God now sees you as the enemy. And what happened? The Levites were instructed, put your sword upon your side, put your sword upon your your hip and pull it out of his sheep and go through and kill every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. That was dancing and frolicking around in this Egyptian spirit, acting like an Egyptian. And when God graced them to come over to the side, they refused to stand with God, kill every one of them. And it's in this that the Levites will prove to God that we stand with you. The fact that I got to kill my brother. Because you got to know some of their brothers and probably some of their sons and their daughters were actually dancing and acting like Egyptian. But the word of the Lord can't kill every last one of them. And I can't allow my emotions to get in the way. My emotions will stop me. My emotions will block me. My emotions will govern me from carrying out the instructions of the Lord. What I think and feel about these people will stop me. But I am asking this question. Who do you love most? Do you love God more than you love your husband? More than you love your children? More than you love your wife? Do you love God more? Most of you, I know you won't say it, but I'll say it. The answer is no. Because we see, although you gave your body 8 to 10 hours of sleep, although you gave your job 8 to 12 hours of work, uh, and although you gave your, 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 your belly, your guard, about two hours, you made sure that your children had time. I'm jumping all over your head, climbing on you, holding on to your leg. You made sure, and for those of you don't have the little small kids, you still made sure to go check on your teenage. How was your day? How was school? What did you do today? What did you learn today? How are you feeling? What are you doing? What do you have? You make sure you gave them time. But God didn't get this time. So we see, and you also made it feel, I got to make sure I get time to my spouse. So you made time for everybody in your life. Except for the one that gave you the breath that's in your body. Except for the one that kept you enclosed in your right mind. Except for the one that provided for you. That's his food that you're eating, those are his clothes that you're wearing. And you did not make time for this God. So we come back full circle. Do you love God more? And the people in your lives Be honest and say God I don't love you more But I'm going to change God I'm going to let you come back Into your rightful place Sitting on the throne of my heart You have got to be first That's what it's about It is me being in pursuit of you You deserve my time said, But every man worship And it says in the Lord spake to Moses Face to face as a man speaking about his friend, and we've heard people, they've signed us I am a friend of God. Ooh, God didn't call nobody. He didn't call you his friend. He didn't call you. He did not call you his friend. <laughs> and matter of fact, I talked about how he spoke amazing. He's he speaking to Moses like, like a, a, a friend speaks to another friend. Face to face, close, intimate conversation. But in this... Closeness, this this severe closeness and in this intimate conversation, it's not pleasant. But he's now telling him what he's getting ready to do to the people, and what Moses is doing. Moses is going on behalf of the people, interceding, saying, "God, please." To the point that Moses said, "Listen, I, listen, I'm gonna even throw myself on the altar. You can blot my name out your book. Be better than me." You, you, I ain't about to miss him for y'all. You can let me make it perfectly clear. I'm not about to miss him because of y'all. I am not about to be God. You can block my name out because of your people. Let me do it. With, no, separate me, God. Separate me. Separate me all the way from them, God. I can't miss you. If they don't want you, I got to have you, God. I must. It is a must that I have you. Mm-mm, Moses. Did. Moses, oh God Moses was an also somebody And he, we see he loved the people And I'm not saying that I, don't, I do love y'all But I got enough sense to say I love you enough to let you go I ain't about to try to hold on to you uh, Because you don't belong to me Anyhow, you belong to God I am just watching I am the under the shepherd He is the over shepherd I'm just watching for you I will not hold on. I will let you. I love you enough to let you go fast, quick, and in a hurry. But what I can appreciate about this, the young servant who was right up on Moses' heels, following Moses, who would become his successor. Now, the scripture is silent, but we can we can infer that he actually followed Moses into the temple. While God is speaking face to face with Moses and telling him what he's going to do to the stiff-necked people, Moses is pleading their cause. But there was a young man by the name of Joshua. It said, even when Moses got up and he left the tabernacle, this boy stayed in the prison. (laughs) And see, while God was talking to Moses about what he was going to do to the people, see, God could have been saying something totally different to Joshua that made him linger in his presence. I know I know you're concerned about your leader, but right now, be concerned about my presence. And, and see, there were times I was concerned as an armor bearer about my leader, certain things that I wanted to make sure he had it, he was taken care of. But then there were times where the presence of God would come. And even he would say, whoa, when his presence comes, uh-uh, it's about him. Don't you worry about me. It is about him. I've seen, I've seen armor bear or adjutants that they call them when, when they're trying to be proper. And their leader is, is so-called worshiping. Yeah. These adjutants is going putting pillows on the floor under their head so that they can have comfortable worship and all that. I, I, I saw my leader lay his face on the dirty floor. Snotting and crying, rolling around on the dirty floor. He wasn't worried about the thousand dollar suit, none of that stuff. It is about his presence. Ain't folk putting pillows on the folk head, They're taking time to fluff out sheets to lay on the floor so they need can lay out. What are you kidding me? And then let's be honest, there are some leaders, uh, especially in what you think is successful. You ain't ever saw somebody, you ain't never saw these leaders lay out in worship. Never. They get you hyped that you would give God praise. Listen, if it's good enough for you, it ought to be good enough for me. I ain't preaching to get you happy and not, giving, not me myself respond to the word of God. The devil is alive. So that let me know you ain't got no gift of discernment. Because if you ain't never saw these folk worshiping, and if you ain't never saw these folk praising God, and the truth be told, you ain't halfway saw none of them speaking in no tongue. but you think big is successful. We told you everything that's big don't mean it's successful. Some stuff is just swollen. We told you that. You, you better take off those Egyptian ornaments because it's affecting how you view things and affecting how you see things and affecting how you hear things. But it ought to be so that somebody should linger After God comes and he speaks, somebody should be lingering in the presence of God. And even if Joshua did hear the conversation between God and Moses, somebody should be lingering while the man of God is going out to give the instruction, to give what God said. Somebody should still be lingering in the presence of God. I don't know. Maybe he was still crying out for mercy. Mercy, God. Be merciful unto us, God. I don't know. But somebody ought to still linger in his presence. So I'm encouraging you. This is about real true worship in our pursuit of God. It's not about what you want. It's about what he commands. It is about what he demands as God, the holy God. This is about real true worship. And the highest form of worship is obedience. So if this is about what God commands and demands, this is about your obedience. What did he tell you to do that you've been lingering? What did he tell you to do that you're acting like you're double-minded about? What did he tell you to do that you're afraid to do? What did he tell you to do? Because there's some things he told you to do by yourself. There's some things he told you to do with other people. What are some things he told you to do that you keep making excuses that you can't get past their attitude or their disposition or their personality? He didn't speak to you about their disposition personality. He spoke to you about a, a, a purpose and working with them. What has he told you to do that you're not obedient to? It's not real true worship. I don't care how much you weeping and crying and, and, oh, God, all of this. It's not true worship if you're not doing what God told you to do. So apostle hit us a couple of weeks ago with that repent. If you're going to find yourself back to true worship, real true worship, it is going to start with you repenting for real. Repent for your sins. Repent for the ornaments that you've allowed yourself to partake in, that has influenced you to act like an Egyptian, that has caused you to operate in idol worship. Repent for you not obeying the commands and demands of God to operate and do fulfill purpose with other people, fulfill purpose in your home, fulfill purpose with the kingdom of God, advancing it here in this earth and Repent For you being afraid Repent for you being doubtful Repent for you being slowful You need to repent for you being lazy Yes you do And that's where your real true worship Is going to start When you start with true Real And I'm going to switch it around When you start with real True repentance Because you're saying, God, tear down, burn down the house that was keeping me from coming to your tabernacle. Burn up the bridge so I don't have a way to return back to it, God. Take off the Egyptian ornaments so that you can have real true worship unto God. I pray that you receive something from this word on today. Uh, uh, pardon my being long-winded on today. But listen, I got to give it to you how he gives it to me. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So we pray that you were encouraged by the word. We pray that the word will motivate you to go in pursuit after God. We pray that the word would encourage you to listen. Take off the Egyptian ornaments. Because I would not let you forget the word comes to challenge you. It comes to convict you, and it comes to confront you for the purpose of changing. Let the word challenge you. Let it convict you. Let the word confront you, and then let it change you. Take off the Egyptian arm.